0: All right, let's rise our feet, and I want us to quickly get um, into our teaching for today. We'll start by taking the declaration of the Lordship of Jesus into the air. Quickly, let's take that from the book of Jeremiah uh, chapter 10. The book of Jeremiah chapter 10. We'll just take a few verses. Now, we're going to read from verse 6. And uh, we'll read all the way to verse um, um, 16 by 11 verses. I may ask us to jump one or two verses along the line, but this time around, what we just want to do is to just declare the Lordship of Jesus into the air. Are we ready? Yes, sir. If you are ready, say amen. amen. Um, again, if we, if you have a New American Standard, use that and raise your voice. If your voice, if you're not using a New American Standard, just you, drop your voice slightly, but I still want it to read out. You understand? Okay? I just want us to read together. Jeremiah chapter 10. All right, we're going to start from verse 6. All right. one, to let's go? There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and great is your name in might. Who will not fear you, O King of the nations? Indeed, it is your due. For among all the wise men of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. But they are altogether stupid and foolish. In their discipline of delusion, their idol is wood. Nine, beating silver is brought from Tarshish and gold from offers. The work of a craftsman and the hands of a goldsmith. Violet and purple are their clothing. They are all the work of skilled men. Verse 10. But the Lord is a true God. He is a living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath the earth quakes and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Thus you shall say to them, The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. Twelve. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding he has stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there is a turmoil of waters in the heavens. And it causes the clouds to ascend from the end of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. Every man is stupid, devoid of knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols. For his molten images are deceitful and there is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of mockery. In the time of their punishment, they will perish. The portion of Jacob is not like this, for the maker of all is he, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Amen? Amen. I said, Amen. Amen. I said Amen. Amen. Thus we have declared the Lordship of Jesus into this country. Amen. I say, Amen. Amen. I said, Thus we have declared the Lordship of Jesus in this nation. Amen. Thus we have declared the Lordship of Jesus in this city. Amen. We say in the name of Jesus, the gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Everybody say, Jesus will, reign Jesus will reign forever. Say one more time. Jesus will reign say one more time. Jesus will reign forever. Amen. All right, before we take our seats, let's quickly take our declaration of understanding as we all, always do and want to begin to study. Want to let's go? No. Now I declare. And the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen? Amen. 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 If you believe the Lord is good, say an amen. Amen. All right. God is going to be good to you again today in Jesus' name. Amen. Healing power is flowing from these words today. Amen. If you have somebody that is sick, quickly, if you can just go outside quickly, call the person. Say, please, log in, you know. Join us on MixEller.com. Join on, uh, join us on. Uh, where do we? On Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube. And for the next one and a half hours, two hours, just focus because God is about to do something in somebody's life. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. All right, let's open our Bibles again to the Book of Deuteronomy, chapter thirty-two. We have been reading this for some time. I've been trying to get to something that's contained therein, but I've not really succeeded in doing that for a while. Now, I'm going to read from uh, uh, verse 1. Again, I might jump here and there because we have read this several times. It said, uh, Give ear, O heavens, and let me speak, and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. It said in verse 3, For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God, our God is the rock. He said, His work is perfect and all His ways are just. A God of faithfulness and without injustice. Righteous and upright is He. He now said, um, Verse 8: When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when He separated the sons of man, He set the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the sons of Israel. Why did he do that? Verse 9. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the allotment of his inheritance. Now see what he did. He found him in a desert land. Now please follow this carefully. The Lord's portion is his people. And Jacob is the allotment of his inheritance. He found his portion in a desert land. And in the howling waste of a wilderness. He encircled him. He cared for him. He guarded him... As a pupil or apple of his eye. Like an eagle that steads up its nest. That hovers over its young. He spread his wings and cut them. That is, they were falling. In fact, the story we have heard is that he threw them out of the nest in training. Then he spread his wings and cut them. He carried them on his pinions. The Lord alone guided him. Please follow this. And there was no foreign God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth. And he ate the produce of the field, and he made him suck honey from the rock, and oil from the flinty rock. Curds of cows and the milk of the flock, with fats of lambs and rams, the breed of Bashan and goats, with the finest of wheat and of the blood of grapes, you drank wine. Then he said, "But Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You have grown fat, thick and sleek." When he grew fat like that, he forsook God who made him and scorned the rock of his salvation. Now, for time's sake, I'll jump the things that he did that were wrong. Verse 16 says, they made him jealous with strange gods. They sacrificed to demons who were not God. In verse 19, it said, the Lord saw this and spurned him because of the provocation of his sons and daughters. Then he said, I will hide my face from them. I will... See what their end shall be, for they are a perverse generation, sons in whom is no faithfulness. Now he said, they made me jealous with what is not God. And then he went ahead to describe the things that he did. If you go on, you will see describing their backsliding all the way down to verse, um, you know, you see it all further down, all the way to around verse 33, Thereabout. about. Now, what you will see further on, he says in verse 34, Is it not laid up in store with me, sealed up in my treasures? Vengeance is mine and retribution. In due time, their foot will sleep. For the day of their calamity is near, and the impending things are hastening upon them. For the Lord will vindicate his people, and we have compassion on his servant. Now, he was talking about how I I jumped some things to explain how he sent enemies against them. He said, How could one chase a thousand in verse um, 30 and two put ten thousand to flight? Unless their rock, that is their God, had sold them. Remember, he's the rock. And the Lord had given them up. So he emphasized the fact that he was the one that afflicted his people. And then a day will come in which he will turn the judgment against the people that afflicted them, who were these instruments. And for time's sake, I'm just trying to see where I can jump and get some things out. All right? Okay, let me just stop reading for now because I don't want to spend too much time. All right? Uh Uh-huh. Now, why did I read all of this? Because you see what God was trying to do was he was trying to discipline his people. And that's what I wanted to emphasize. That's why I read it, all right? Now, then after disciplining them, he turns again and will have compassion on them. Where's that particular verse about the Lord will have compassion on his people? I was reading it earlier. All right, see, verse 36. He said, for the Lord, we vindicate his people and we have compassion on his servants. When he sees that their strength is gone, And there's none remaining, bond or free. And it will say, where are their gods, the rock in which they sought refuge, who ate the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink offering? Let them rise up and help you. Let them be your hiding place. See now that I, I am here, and there is no God besides me. It is I who put to death and give life. I have wounded, and it is I who will heal. And there is no one who can deliver from my hand. Let me stop reading here. Now, you see why I read this in a moment, but quickly let's go back again to chapter 8 of the book of this same book of Deuteronomy and bring out an issue here. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1. All the commandments that I'm commanding you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you will keep his commandments or not. He said he humbled you and let you be hungry, that is, let you be hungry. Then he fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone. But man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. They describe the blessings in verse 4. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. Please follow that. You are to know in your heart That the Lord, your God, was the one that was in action. And what was he doing? He was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. Therefore, he said, You shall keep the commandments of the Lord, your God, to walk in his ways and to fear him. for the Lord, your God, is bringing you into a good land. And all of that. He said, uh, verse 10, When you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the, name, the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. Please, for time's sake, I'm going to jump a few things like this, all right? He said, be careful that you don't forget the Lord your God, all right? Because one day you are going to prosper massively. In verse 14, it says, after that prosperity, your heart may become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Out of the house of slavery. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness. In the wilderness, verse 16. In the wilderness, he fed you manna, which your fathers did not know. That he might humble you and that he might test you. What is the purpose? To do good for you in the end. I think I can stop reading here. The Lord is good. I've done a bit of reading to introduce what I want to explain today, which I tried to start last time, but I couldn't get into it. But I believe that God will give us the freedom to get into it today. Now, we are talking about the entrance of faith. That's what we've been talking about. And what I've kept on explaining is that what we just need is what? Spiritual information. That because we are children of God, once the seed of God is in our hearts, once we know spiritual things, faith will become automatic. The way we talk about half faith, half faith, half faith, under the old covenant, people like Abraham and Co. people didn't tell them that. Do you follow my point? Once they had a heart for God and God chose those people, he just exposed them to experiences. He gave them you know, revelation. He allowed them to know things. He gave them his word. So the more they knew from, about God, the more of God's word that they heard, the more faith arose in their hearts. I hope you're getting my point here. And I'm, I, let me just say this. We are all like our father Abraham. Somebody say amen. amen. Yes, we are. The difference between his faith and, our, and ours is feeding. Do you know what I said? Have you been feeding your faith or not? We have the same seed of faith that is in Abraham. We have exactly the same. I don't have any doubts in my heart. Once you are a believer in Christ Jesus, God has given you that seed of faith inside you. He has given you the ability to believe. The issue now is that you have what to believe. Because you can have the ability to believe, but have nothing to believe. That's where the problem usually is. Having the ability to be- be- believe, but not having something to believe. So the assignment that believers have is to have something to believe. And that's what we're trying to do. That is, just get acquainted with spiritual information, and faith will be automatic in your heart. That is why it's so important you pray that God leads you into sound doctrine. Because if you believe, if you believe wrong doctrines, it will shorten it will, it will hinder your ability to receive what God wants to give you. Sometimes I see people be, uh, arguing that healing is not for today. It passed away with the um, the apostles, and so if doctors can't heal you today, you are dead meat. All right. So people will give you that impression to tell you that um, the, t- the days of miracles passed long ago, and you are asking, why do you want to believe that? You understand my point. Let us assume that we have a choice to believe one or the other. I rather believe the one that favours me. But we will be arguing that now, if you believe that, it will remove the ability of God out of your life. So you'll be at the mercy of human physicians alone. Meanwhile, God has something great for you. Meanwhile, God has his power available. But because you have received wrong information, that power cannot be released. So let's bear that in mind. And so I've been talking about this, that's just the principle, on, uh, that's, that's the reason why we're doing what we've been doing. Just talking about spiritual things. Just getting to know spiritual information. Once you have it, faith will be automatic. So I've been looking at these things. Now, what, what I wanted to start last time, which I couldn't get into, which is the reason why I'm, uh, we read these ones again today, is that I want us to understand what God is doing in our lives exactly. Last time I emphasized that he's not trying to make us rich. And really, you know, we gave that illustration that um, if your child goes to university, all right, no matter, you see, your aim is not to make him prosper in the university. Your aim is to have him succeed in his studies. And you will give him everything that is needed. If you have to give him extra money, you will. If you have to deprive him of money that you can afford because you think that money is going to be a distraction for his life, you will withdraw it. If you have to buy him books, you will buy. Whatever you need to do, you will do so he will succeed. In the same manner, God takes care of us on the earth. But material prosperity is not its primary aim for us. We established that. So the exa- the, the, the issue now, the question now, therefore, is alright. What's the question now? now? What exactly is it that he's doing? Now, I'm not going to just talk about that much. But what I want to explain is that we, know to, we need to know that he's doing something so that we'll react appropriately to the challenges of our lives. Which is why we read these portions of Deuteronomy, both in chapter 32 and in chapter 8. One thing you will notice there is that we said it, we have put it again and again. The Lord's portion is what? His people. Israel is the allotment of his inheritance. Let me quickly explain something to us. The Bible is a book of types. Under the Old Covenant, under the Law and the Prophets, you see types of things that God wants to do later. As an example, Solomon, when it was time to build a temple, and God said through Nathan... That David would not build the temple, but his son that he will give to David will build the temple. All of us assumed it was Solomon. But we have already established that it was not Solomon. If we read from the book of Hebrews, he explained that that prophecy was actually for Christ. And the house that God wants is the body of Christ. So we are the temple of God now. There is no building that is the temple of God. I've heard Christians say they are gathering to build a new temple in Jerusalem so that Jesus Christ can come back to it. Let me give you news. He's not coming back there. He's coming to meet a mature body. He's coming to meet a united body. He's coming to meet the body of Christ. That is what he's coming to meet. He's coming to meet a bride that has been prepared for him. Why? He does not dwell in a temple made with human hands. He doesn't dwell in a temple made with brick and mortar. He doesn't. So even though you saw the temple of Solomon and you saw the man Solomon... Solomon there just stood as a type of Christ Jesus. And the temple he built stood as a type of the body of Christ. The real fulfillment is in Christ Jesus. Please, I hope you are following me. In the same manner, when you see the word Jacob, you know, again, I'm sorry, I've I've been drawn into it again. People try to explain that the church did not replace Israel. That Israel, natural Israel, is special to God till now. And I'm sorry, I have to disagree with that assertion. Because if you can be special, okay, to God till now, then Christ died in vain. At least in your life. You must understand that the fulfillment of all things is in Christ Jesus. So am I saying that the Jews are not special? I am saying the specialness is fulfilled only, where? In Christ. And the mystery, which was what got a man like Paul into trouble a lot of times, is that... It was hard for people to realize that in that Christ Jesus, once you come in, what you wear is disregarded. I hope you are getting my point. If you are a Jew, it is disregarded. If you are a gentile, it is disregarded. Everybody now shares equally in the inheritance. So Paul will explain that you know you were Gentiles, you were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. It was that time. But now you are complete in him. That is, that wealth is now yours. How come? In Christ Jesus. If the Jew also wants it, he comes into whom? In Christ. Why? Because only in Christ are the promises of God fulfilled. So what was Jacob? So they will explain that, you see, Israel, natural Israel is separate. The church is Israel. One of my favorite teachers actually says it a lot of times. When he said I just shake my head. He said, God has two covenant people on the earth. I said, it's not true. God cannot have two covenant people on this earth. It's not possible. He has only one. And that is Christ. And the promises are clear in the scriptures. Paul said to us, the promise was to whom? To Abraham and to his seed. He says it's not to his seeds as of many, but to his seed as of one. And that seed is whom? Christ. I mean... Why do we have to argue about this? I think it's so clear. It is so clear. Christ is everything. So, let's talk about typology again. So, people say that... um, um, There's what they call replacement theology. That some people say that the church has replaced Israel. I I explained to us a few weeks ago. Let me say it again. Nobody's saying that. Those who know scripture, they are not saying that. They are saying... Israel was a type of the church. I hope I get my point. And that today's Israel is only blessed in Christ. They are not blessed outside Christ. That's what I saying. The concept of replacement does not arise. So if you have someone like me say to you that when you find Israel in your Bible, no, it's talking about the church. I'm not talking about replacement. Replacement is I don't like you again. I put somebody in place of you. No. What we are saying is that from day one, From day one, the church was the aim. Christ was the aim. However, Jacob was chosen as an instrument to bring forth Christ. But his own blessing is also in Christ. We are saying Jacob was chosen as a type of Christ. Do you follow my point? And the sons of Jacob are types of the children of God in this generation. They are ties of Christians. So when you see things like the lost portion is his people, that his people, without controversy, is talking about the people of Christ. Therefore, when he says Israel is the allotment of his inheritance, Paul said it to us like this, peace be upon the Israel of God. If you read your Bible, you will see. He always try to tell you that be sure of the one that God is saying is my own. For example, he will say that there are two covenants. He will tell you that one is represented by whom? Hagar. And that one is in bondage till now. And that's natural. You know, Paul was clear about it. He said, that is natural Israel. (laughs) He said, but which one is the son of promise? The one that is free. That's the descendant. That is Isaac. The son of what? Promise. And that one, he said, is Christ. So when he finished that book of Galatians, he said, nobody should trouble me again. And he now prayed. He said, peace be upon what? The Israel of God. Not the one you are thinking." You hear him say things like, hearing is the righteousness of God revealed. Why? There are all kinds of righteousnesses. Can I use that expression? And when he was saying it, he was talking about righteousness by according to the law. Trying to explain to them, please people, the righteousness of God is the one that is based on faith. Not just faith in anything you like, but faith in whom? In Christ. Please, I need to keep saying these things so that we will understand what Christianity is. There is no fulfillment for Jacob outside Christ. There is no fulfillment for Abraham outside Christ Jesus. Abraham was raised, alright, to walk with God to bring forth his own blessing, which is Christ. And he it clear, I will bless you, be what? A blessing. What is our blessing? Christ. Please, I hope you're getting my point. So, let's get back to it. So, the issue of Jacob was a type of the church. So, when he said that, it's the allotment of his inheritance. We have established that we are the people of God. So, you see these two portions we read, because you know what I'm talking about today is that, let's know exactly what God is doing in our lives. And I'll quickly summarize like this. God is processing us. I'm not talking about where he's trying to get to yet. But let's understand the process we are going through. And I want to say something to you here. From the portions we read, let me not go looking, start picking out the verse one by one, but there's something you will notice. God kept on accepting, listen to what I am saying say carefully, he kept on accepting the responsibility for everything that happened in the life of Jacob. He kept on accepting the responsibility for everything that happened in the life of Israel. So the Lord led him about and there was no foreign God with him. Now, I'll say something that will surprise people. So, if Jacob came, fell into a hole, God kicked him into, that, into the hole. You will say, hey, It was because he disobeyed. God said, Yes, I know. Because of disobedience, I pushed him into the hole. He said, Did the, No, no, no. He said, Don't discuss the devil with me. The Lord led him about, and there was no foreign God with him. The one that God was leading, I hope you know he suffered. Oh, you think God led him about? Oh, praise God. As if you are walking according to the will of God, it's from one blessing to another blessing. It's blessing all over. From prosperity to another level of, it's a lie. When the Holy Spirit led Jesus Christ, He ended in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. It was, <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. It was not confusion, though. After he said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well friend, friend, for friend, friend, Holy Spirit what? Led him into the wilderness to be tempted. He led him into temptation. He led him into a job where they don't pay salaries on time. He gave him a landlord that his rent is due on the 30th, but the man is there on the 28th to remind you that the rent is due on the 30th. He said, Okay, landlord, I don't want to insult somebody. I'm aware. Just so you don't forget. On the 29th, he's just passing. Hello. I hope people are fine in that house. And you are boiling. On the 30th, he shows up. You remind him that the rent actually expires today. It is due tomorrow. Oh, sorry. You know, there's some people that just, you know what they call, one of my sisters used to call it chinch. You know what they call it chinch? Just chinching you. They fall into your clothes and you are looking for them. Where are they hiding? As an insect falls into your clothes, like that, you will squeeze every pit. Finally, you get into a toilet and undress. Say this insect, I must find you today. There are some chins like that. There's one lady, one of my colleagues once. <laughs> this kind of if I have two people like that, if you need something from you, if you want peace of mind, put off your phone. There are people that I call you until you answer. I know people like that. When they start calling, unfortunately, I'm a very funny human being. If you call me twice and I miss the call, I may, I may return your call. If you call me six times, I will not answer you. Even the phone is in front of me, I'm not answering. As long as you're not my wife, you're not somebody I'm responsible in case fire breaks out of your house. Are you getting my point? I just feel like, I, you know, I start wondering, what's wrong with you? Can't you see that I'm busy? There's some people like that. They just Now, you know what i realized? God sent every single one into your life. The Lord led him about and there was, no for, there was no chance in his life. No chance. Every single bit of trouble appointed by God. Listen, I'll tell you something. I know it's not a very popular doctrine. See, Christians are not average people. They're not normal people. They're not people that, okay, close your eyes, speak, anything. No, the principles in their lives are different. Or let me say, the principle, I should use a singular, controlling their life is different. If 50 people enter a vehicle, and one Christian is a believer in Christ Jesus, and that car entered into a pit, the reason 49 entered is different from the reason one person entered. This is the doctrine I said that I know is not popular. The, you know, we have Dave, now please follow what I'm saying. We have deified the devil in Christianity. We have deified him. We have said clearly that the Lord leads us about and there is one foreign God with us. His name is the devil. So if something happens we don't like, it's the devil. If it's something we like, it is the other God. So there are two gods tossing us up and down. I was saying things like, if you use it, listen, you must understand something. eh? The Bible makes it clear. The devil is just a tempter. Yes, you know, I've had testimonies. I mean, you've heard it too. In fact, you've led those testimonies in church. You give them a microphone. Then the devil came. Then the devil came. And then the devil came. In fact, I remember those days in Winners in Lagos. One pastor would snatch the microphone and say, So, what happened when Jesus came? Because they hear the devil came, the devil did. After I said, hey, so what happened when Jesus came? What happened when the Lord came? Because we have deified. Let, let me tell you about deified. We have turned him into a god that God did not make him. A lot of Christians still think, and a lot of preachers preach it. You know, go and listen to our preaching, especially African preaching. Not only African; it's all over. All over. Even Americans preach it. There's a particular preacher, he had an affliction once. but my understanding of spiritual things, I felt like saying to him, Sir, this your affliction is a correction from God. They said, God does not afflict his people with sickness. Fathers afflict their children with skin. You are the one saying one is sickness and one is skin. When you if your heavenly father is anything like me, earthly father, If I afflict you for lying, ask my children. It's a negotiation. Who did this? Hey, first of all, whoever you are, three strokes of the cane. But that's if you own up quickly and you tell the truth. If you lie, I now find you. The standing punishment for this this, um, offense is three strokes according to the word of God. Then the one for lying is six. And that's my wife. Once I pronounce it, it's the word of the Lord. Is the decree of the meat and the patience. it shall not return for it. One, day, one of my children did something long ago. The sister said, What? It was one. I think he had not done it. He said, "If you do that, and Daddy catches you, you will not go to church." Because one day she did something. You know this? You warn and warn. You know, just like God, you warn them again and again, and they continue to spawn the warning until there was no remedy. So that moment that there was no remedy, I harvested her from the car. They were going to church. I pulled her out. I told the mother to drive off. I won't say more than that because we are streaming. <laughs> So next time, one of the brothers wanted to do something, they say, you. <laughs> if daddy catches you, no church for you. She's related to that day, I miss church. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not, the Bible said that it's not nice, it's grievous. But it said it's the chastening of the Lord. So that man, of God, that thing happened to him that time, you know, we have been observing himself, okay, this thing you are doing is not good. And then one man had had said something later, I heard that one later, about the kind of things he was doing. And then an affliction came. And you know what he said? I heard him speak about it on TV. The devil cannot win. I said, bros, affliction is not where the devil wins. Where the devil wins is when we refuse to repent. Where the devil wins is that when we are corrected again and again, we don't accept correction. Because the aim of the devil, let me say something to you, the devil does not need your money. It does not need your health. It does not need your marriage. What it needs is your faith. When he attacked Job, did he care how many goats died? When he attacked Job, did he care how many children died? I mean, despite all the children that died and all the goats that went missing and all the sheep and everything, was Satan satisfied? No, answer me. Did he feel like he won? What was he going for? His face. He wanted him to deny God. So, look. So, people are saying that Satan will not win. They say, if I have heard, you know, there are prayers don't hear me pray. Say this year, the devil will not take what belongs to you. I always say, can he? he you know what people don't realize He's not even trying. I pray we we'll get it. It's like saying... The thief will not steal your padlock. Is he trying to steal your padlock? Think of a normal thief. So I want to pray for you this morning. The thief will not steal the door of your house. You know, you look like, bros, if all he wants is the door, let him take it too. Because what I'm concerned about is my television, is my deep freezer, is the money I kept in the house, is my computer that's hanging somewhere. The door is to prevent the thief from coming in there. The the, the thief doesn't even want the door. The reason why he goes after the door, are you getting my point? Is so he can pass through the door to get to the things that matter. Your car is the door. Your money is the door. The real thing the thief wants is your faith. And that is why if you will deny God, he will offer you everything back. I hope you're getting my point. So he came to Jesus and said, just bow to me. I will give you everything. Let me tell you what he was guaranteeing. He was guaranteeing that you'll be the richest man in the world. He was guaranteeing that all the kingdoms will bow to you. He was guaranteeing that you will not have any trouble again from me. The things that we're trying to protect, he was offering. I don't know whether you're getting my point. The thing that we try to protect with prayer, in the name of Jesus, my, car, my house in the name, this year is the year of building a new house. This year, <laughs> Sit and say, "Listen, if this house you are looking for, can I give you two? Just deny Jesus Christ, because that what matters most. You must understand, faith is the is a gem of the spirit, is the currency of the spirit, is the gold of the spirit. And God is spirit. And Satan also rides in the spiritual realm. So you must understand every physical thing you see is, when he attacks those physical things, is a way he wants to use to get to your faith. He's not trying to get your money. One sister told me something once. She has a good job. God has blessed her with a very good job. Well-paying. And as a result of that, she has an affliction. (laughs) The affliction is fear. You know fear now. What if I lose the job? So, two people were always praying on that. Two two sets of people were always praying on that. The first set, the first person is the devil and his angels, like Jesus called them. The second set is the pastors and their colleagues. The devil would pray on it with fear. The pastors would use that fear to collect. This week, You are going to sow a special seed. It's called the job preservation seed. And I started dreaming dreams. I dreamt that I had something. Somebody snatched it. You know, some dream. I don't want to start talking, teaching about dream interpretation now. I'm very, I'm very good with dream interpretation. My name is Joseph. You can come for a course. The dreams I interpret best are the ones that you created by yourself. Like I said to people that they say, they are pursuing me in my dream. I said, whose money did you take? There's no witch after you. It's not everybody's money. Nobody will pursue your dream again. You say I dreamt something. Then somebody would not say that, oh I, 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 pastors are giving prophecies. I, I, at this moment, as I was praying, I was praying for you, and I I, I saw you holding a bag, and somebody on a, on a, in a keke, rode past and snatched the bag. <laughs> I'm, I'm perceiving, and uh, they, know, they know this. They know. So, you now give a special sacrificial seed, a first fruit, a second fruit to tie the hand of God so that he will arise as a strong man in Zion. <laughs> Bless they don't see him before. <laughs> you make me laugh like this. <laughs> ah! You know, I want to turn this job into a joke. Sometimes i just sit down there. i just just laugh. We'll, 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 that is the way we we'll, oh, God. He will arise. And scatter out the enemies. like, you, pastor knows what he's looking for. He knows what you are afraid of. So this is an answer to me one day. So pastor, told me that the whole gist and everything. You know me now. <laughs> you know, sometimes. I wonder whether I'm normal myself. And he told me the whole story. I said, next time you dream. You know what you do? Tell the devil, take it. I would say, he will not take it. And I said, wait, wait, wait. I know the prayer that can pray. I said, tell the devil, you want my job? Come and sit down. Do the work now. Tune the engine, the engine at the tune. Check the computer. Can you do it? If you can't do it, please shift. Give me my chair. I said, no, no. I said, the prayer is the problem. I said, I said tell the devil that if you want to collect, can you do the work? When you dream that somebody snatched your back, thank God it didn't snatch your soul. Go back to sleep. You know she look at me like, "Are you serious?" I say, "I'm very serious." Though. I can't. Your fear cannot generate my prayer points. I don't. I, you know I mean, I can't because we are both afraid. I don't want that kind of thing. It, it, I, don't turn me into a fearful person. Jesus died to set me free from fear. So the devil, I said Tell the devil, "If you want to come and collect, I beg leave that. Is it money? Take and go." Is it the job? Take it and go. Do you know what? That was when she found freedom, both from the devil and from the pastors. When they say I, I dream, I say pastor, I keep on dreaming, pastor. When he say nothing go happen leave that. <laughs> <laughs> I, and my reason, I say people, you, you must understand, what is more precious to God? That's what we don't get a lot of times, and not just more precious to God. Not just, make up, not just, not just more precious to God, but what is supposed to be precious to us also. That's it. Let me tell you the truth. As a Christian, you can wake up one day and literally they have downsized you. It's not a big deal. Literally. They say the company, they, they are going through rough times. COVID. COVID period. Sales down. What they are not saying is that they realize that they can do these things online with a fewer people. And instead of having 20 people in this company, they are going down to ten. Christians will not be, you know their prayers. I don't pray now. Just listen. One thing you know, if you come and meet me and say, Pastor, they want to they, they leave people in our office. I, I wanted to pray. Say so pray about that. They won't lay me off. Sir, so, why won't they lay you off? That's the question I'm going to ask you. What's wrong with laying you off? The other people that they will lay off, they, they don't have pastors too. No, unless I won't pray for you. Say so they won't lay you off. No. Say, bros, they laid Joseph off. Do you know that? Lady laid him off from his father's house. <laughs> they laid Joseph off from Potiphar's house. That was how he entered into his destiny. Imagine that a pastor, a confused pastor, that like you want me to be as sick, held the hand of Joseph. The prosperity in the house of Potiphar, praise God. Whatever the Lord does shall be forever. You are going to be a slave in the house of Potiphar forever. You see the way you provoke? Says everybody reports, you say, ah, no. But that is exactly what was happening. The man was a slave, just a prosperous slave. And sometimes when God wants to set you free from slavery, it's through sack. Ah, he does that sometimes. You say, oh boy, oh girl, he do not do. They lay people off. Ten people are going out of ten, out of twenty. What I tell Christians, they just go and rejoice and dance. And if they don't lay up, don't give me one testimony. Praise God, Pastor, they didn't lay up. I don't want to hear that rubbish. No, 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 no. There's nothing to be excited about. If they did not lay you off, it's because you are still supposed to be there. Just is a discovery. Ah, uh, Pastor, good morning. This list came out yesterday. My name was not on it. Okay, that means you still have work to do. And i be like, oh, thank you, sir. Hang over the phone. It's not, uh, you now bring envelope. Say, sir, thank you for your prayer. Nonsense. I'll give your money back. Come on, take your money and go. This is the kind of thing. So if they laid you off now, I won't get my envelope. <laughs> do you get my point? <laughs> it's true now. Rubbish. He said, thank God for your prayers. He did not leave me. No, no, it's not my prayers. Because I can't use my prayer to keep Joseph in the house of Potiphar. If your name is Joseph, in the due season, you will go to your prison. I like the way you said that, amen. Because you know what's going to happen at the end. And you know the truth? That is what will happen at the end. When God said, listen, you know what he said? He made you hungry. Then he fed you with manna. Why? So that he can do you good at the end. You know, people don't want good at the end. They want good now. Yeah, the time you faith is now. Like we said last time, the righteous flourish like what? A palm tree, not like a mushroom. It takes time. It takes time. It takes time. The righteous does not flourish like a mushroom. He flourishes like a palm tree. The palm tree of those days used to take 7 to 10 years to mature. People want to sow a seed and stop being palm trees to become mushrooms. I should drop this seed by tomorrow. You won't recognize yourself again. Why would I recognize myself? I'm poorer than I was yesterday. Honestly, that's what I mean by defying the devil. Everything, devil, devil, devil. You know, the Bible says the Lord led him about, and there was no foreign God with him. Let me talk about faith briefly. If you want the devil to be your friend, be ascribing greatness to him. Did you catch that? The Bible says you ascribe what? Greatness to our Lord. The rock. That's what Moses said there. But what do people Christians do these days? We preachers, we ascribe greatness to the devil. Somebody died, says the devil took him. And I look and said, Did you read your Bible? That Jesus said the keys of death and of Hades they are with me. He said, but God, you see, there are times Jesus will say, okay, this one, like Paul said, give him over to Satan. Jesus does that also for the destruction of the flesh. Sometimes it happens, but you know what? He said, how can one chase a thousand or two chase ten thousand except their rock gave them up? So even the devil does that ask, who gave me up to him? It's a 40 doctrine we have preached. Let me recommend these messages for you, please. David Pawson preached about four different messages, but in two, you get no, about five. They, okay, let me like there are two series addressing the same thing. You can get from his website, davidpawson.org. Pawson is P-A-W-S-O-N. All right? David, David, you know, just one word. davidpawson.org. Look for the ones on natural disaster. I can't remember the title of the second one, but it was the same principle he was teaching in different times. And the man explained, he was the first preacher I ever heard say it, at least in modern day. I've heard, I grew up with word of faith influence that says that no, everything's the devil, is the devil. The person explained it. Why God, why natural disasters occur. Let me put it like that. I can't remember that title. But why God is watching. And he says clearly that God causes natural disasters. And it doesn't have to say, the Bible says it. I hope you know when Noah's generation was wiped out, it was a natural disaster. It was a flooding disaster. It was tsunami. It was flood. Everything. Water just deluge everywhere. Water, water, water everywhere. Everybody drowned. And it was because God was angry with the, man, with the people on the earth. And he saved only Noah and his family. What's my emphasis? Let's stop defying the devil. I was talking about faith. If you want the devil to be your friend, ascribe greatness to him. My car didn't start this morning. The devil said I won't go to work. What is he looking for in your office? I mean, I've had experiences like that before. <laughs> you know, maybe some, you're good on the road, suddenly you have a flat tire in a bad place. I, I, if I, if I, the one I told that happened the last time to me, I was traveling. I got stuck at Onitsha Bridge for six hours. I had never had that experience in my life. I've been at Onitsha Bridge before. I think the longest I've ever done there before was two hours or so. Most of the time, I don't meet anything bad. That day, I got there by 5, left there by 11 p.m. At the point in time, I was with my wife and two of the kids. They were at the back of the car. Thank God our car was good. AC was working. So, most time, when the car gets hot, you put on the AC, run it for some time. After a while, it was getting late, so you put off the engine, let the car rest, wind down. You know, we were just there for a long time. Of course, we didn't consent to children. Just buy a drink, buy a gala, you know, and then everything is okay. But the other was me. I had a meeting. I was going for a meeting in Benin. I did the meeting on Zoom on the bridge. What would I do now? The meeting was supposed to start by 9. It we was by 7. Decided by 9. I was sitting inside, hold up. At the point in time, I just came down. Came down from the car. Took my wife I'll be back. Of course, rules of ve- you know the way it is. I don't know how many hundreds of cars and trucks would be there at that time. I just started taking a walk in between the vehicles. How was I just doing I just saw the Lord simply. No, it didn't cross my mind. The devil said, I won't go to Benin. I said, the devil? Is he high? If you give the devil um, tramadol and you give him fentanyl, then you give him cocaine and injected alcohol into the center of his brain, there are thoughts that don't cross his mind. "Banki so will not go to, to Benin. Doesn't, doesn't, the truth, I does not care where I go. What he cares about is that. I disobey God, that's what matters to him. And don't think he's omniscient, that is, he knows everything. He doesn't know everything. Sometimes he does not know where I'm supposed to go. God does not reveal all his secrets to the devil. So, the devil cannot be obstructing where I want to go when he does not know whether that's where I'm supposed to go. I'll be going there in disobedience, he does not know which one. No, let us let me ask you a simple question, all right? Now, let's be logical here. Let's just think about it who will be more interested if they had enough information? Who will be more interested in Jonah arriving peacefully at Tashish? God or the devil? Think about it well. The devil, the devil because Tashish was disobedience. I said, if they had enough information, the person who wanted Jonah to disobey God would be Satan. True or false? Where did God say he should go? Nineveh. Where was he headed? If it was the devil, which one will he pay for transport fare for him for? Tashish now. So when, when, when the tempest, the storm came, does it make sense for that to be the devil? Of course not. Of course not. He want the guy to get to Tashish. If the devil had the power, he would calm the storm. He would say, Jonah, don't mind this storm. I, I told Poseidon not to come here again. Is that not the God there? <laughs> what is he doing? Jonah, just come, not come. We have a villa. It's on the mountaintop in Tashish. Fully air-conditioned. The, the view is to die for. I'm telling you. He will supply you anything. Just stay in Tashish. Please don't go to Nineveh. Listen. I refuse to ascribe greatness to the devil. That I just came down and took a walk in between the vehicles. I was praying. And what was I saying to the Lord? I said, Lord, I don't understand. You knew I was coming this way. I'm supposed to get this and so and so place. This is what I have to do. What's all this obstruction about? That was my question. You know, Christians rebuke too much. Just be rebuking, punching the air. Nonsense prayers. I rebuke this. Listen, I always say anything that does not yield to the name of Jesus. Anything that does not yield to the name of Jesus, watch it carefully. Ah, I had prayed, bowed my head, Father, let this road. And then ah, after I ah. by this time around four hours on pass, I see there. So I took took a walk. I just talked to the Lord. Lord, you knew I was coming. I have to go somewhere. My family there with me in the car. What's this obstruction about? Of course, I, I don't grumble. I wasn't whining. I was asking, because I will give thanks, Lord, thank you for the car. The engine is running. It's not overheating. Thank God, we bought enough well. You know, because there are times I don't buy for. Like if I have my car loaded too much, I deliberately buy little fuel because fuel is load. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> the fuel is load because if you go and buy 50 liters. That's an extra Jerry can. car. So you all buy small. They want to the road. Buy small again so that you won't load the car. So thank God there was nothing like that. There was enough fuel. The car was running very smoothly. The AC was working. There was water. There was you no know, drinks. If people were going around selling stuff in the traffic. I could buy. I gave thanks all of that. I said, Lord, but this was not the plan. I didn't plan to stay here. What the God said to me, no, I didn't hear anything. I finished praying, went back to the car. I sat down. We gave thanks. And then we stayed there for another few hours until it was 11 o'clock, and it made no righteous sense to start driving to Benin. And that 30 minutes, I was in Asaba, So I just called my brethren called Mommy and She was in school, going for the same meeting. She had reached her server So she called her people in the house. So they quickly got a room ready for us, met us on the way, prepared supper. We sat down. We ate at past 12 midnight. The only thing I heard from the spirit, because I met it about the next morning. Now, my wife was supposed to see, you know, go on. so I just said, there's no problem. I went to the park. We got a taxi. I put her inside, put the two children inside, and turned back to Enugu. All that was in my spirit was, go back to Enugu. Because I had planned not to be here that Saturday. And I just felt the Lord say, no, 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 leave that thing. Go back, go back. That was the reason. After I meditated the whole thing, I said, no. told my wife, I think the Lord wants me to go back. The rest of you, go go on ahead. I put them in a taxi, The taxi man. They went off to Benin, and I came back home. I did not for one moment say, Satan wasted my five hours. Is he smoking? Or six hours? He doesn't have my time in his hands. The Lord led him about and there was no foreign God with him. This day in of the devil is too much. Listen to me, God can have you fired. am I talking about that fire today? Because when they finish paying their, sowing their seed and paying their tithe so that their life will not be, will not be, will not be tight when they are suffering they wash their offering. <laughs> when they are sick, they check their seed, and if their life is tight, they check their ties. Nonsense. there's one, one young pastor say that. I said, obviously, you are just starting the ministry. You still think a side sign of ministry success is material? It's not. You can give a lot of offering, and that's the beginning of suffering. It rhymes. It rhymes. <laughs> you no, know, I started by saying God is processing us. And don't think the process of God is, only uses. Ni- do you know, I've heard people say before that God does not chastise. When He wants to chastise, He doesn't chastise with a rod. You don't need a rod to chastise. You, you, you use words. Chastisement is with words, it's rebuke. You rebuke with words. You know, when, when we want to bring European doctrine into Christianity, that's what we do. I said, eh, It doesn't chastise. So why did He say, why did he say that? Um, the father that loves his son, chastises him. He says, "Though he, how do say again? That even though you chastise him, he will not die. Is it that when you speak words, people they die because you speak words to them before? We just want to turn everything to sweet, sweet. You know, the Lord, the Lord is the Lord is good. He doesn't do anything that is bad. You know, praise God. Uh-huh. There's no father. You know, there's no father that's going to, that's going to afflict his own children. You know, it's love. Nonsense." There's what is called discipline. That's why James said, Beloved, count it all joy when you fall into what? Diverse trials or temptations or testing. What was God doing with Israel? He said the Lord led him about. There was no foreign God with him. Why? He was processing him. You know who sent Jacob to the house of labor? It was not Rebecca. You must understand. He said, we must understand you know there's a message I preached years ago which I call the simplicity of divine intervention. When God wanted to send Esau, no, not Esau, Saul, to go and meet Samuel. You know what he did? He told some people to misplace some donkeys. So the misplaced donkey became the incentive to travel. And that was how they met Samuel. You know, people think that God, you must understand, God doesn't have one way he speaks to people. This voice, speaking with voicing, is a specialist prophetic function. Most Christians won't hear any voice all the days of their lives. Most of the voice you heard was in God. You know your spirit talks too. David said, I will say to my soul. Sometimes the other soul is here and David, what are you saying? Are you getting my point? He said, my rain doth instruct me in the night seasons. Some Bible's in my mind. Your soul talks to you. I've read my Bible and see that human beings are described as if there are two inside there. That's why you speak to yourself. Sometimes your voice, your spirit speaks to you. Let me say something to you. Thoughts you had last year can talk to you this year. I don't know what I heard I said. Your meditations of last year can come back to talk to you this year. Listen, if you want to be led by the Spirit, don't practice how to hear voices. Practice how to pray and obey the Word of God. Commit your way to the hands of the Lord. There are times God would speak to you different ways. He might decide to use a voice in your ear, a one in your heart, an impression in your soul, visions, dreams, different ways. But please, don't harass anybody that heard a voice. Because God leads different ways. He leads different ways. When he wanted to guide is um, um, Saul down to the house of Samuel? They were looking for missing donkeys. I hope I getting my point. So I'm saying, how did Jacob get to the house of Laban? It was an arrangement between Jacob and his mother, but actually, it was God. Okay, let's ask a simple question. How did Joseph get to Egypt? Naturally speaking, let's start from that. His hateful brothers sold him as a slave, and he was transported by Ishmaelites. Those Ishmaelites were traders. Slave traders didn't was part of what they were trading. Slaves was part of what they were trading. So what happens that they just bought the slave and got to where the slave market and sold him to Potiphar. Let me ask you a simple question. Who asked Potiphar to buy, spiritually, from above now? Who's God? God said, Potiphar. You know what God said to um, Elijah? He said, I've instructed the widow there to take care of you. The widow didn't hear any voice. I hope you're getting my point. See, when God is... (laughs) You think the fish heard God say? He said, fishy, fishy, here I am, my lord. (laughs) (laughs) Thou shalt swallow my servant Jonah. When God utters his voice, even the rocks respond. They don't have to have intellectual comprehension of what he said. That's not necessary to obey God. The fish just got hungry. He just began to swim in strange places, and he saw one man lying at the bottom and swallowed. Up. And it was the voice of God. The fish was obeying. People think creation must have an intellectual comprehension of what God is saying. They don't have to have it. And the fish went and swallowed Jonah. And when it was time to release Jonah, Jonah gave the fish in digestion. That's it. And he went, and he vomited naturally and went back to the ocean. That was the end. It's not, it's not as if the fish now reported back to heaven. Don't, sir. He's, he's now in the <laughs> Many people obey God. They don't even know who they are obeying. You think Judas betrayed Jesus accidentally? It was planned from time. But you didn't hear the voice of God say, "My son, I hope your, your wickedness has matured because we have another job." Nothing like that. they just brought money, he loved money the same way this exact same amount they sold Joseph yeah. he sold Jesus Christ and he was obeying the instruction of God without being intellectually aware. I hope you're getting my point. So when Jacob landed the house of Laban, it was part of his training. You must understand. You know you can come as you are, but God never leaves you as you are. If you go to church for one year, you can't be the same person that came last year. If you are, you are not born again. You need to be rebaptized. Apostle, I hope you are warming up to baptize many people. If you have been on the same spot spiritually for two years, your baptism don't expire. <laughs> you have to start again <laughs> because God cannot receive you whichever way you are but he doesn't leave you like that and what I'm emphasizing today is that you, he processes you and that processing is not always nice first He makes you hungry then he feeds you with one monotonous food called manna people think the processing of God you know oh God like one of my brothers was saying last time I was in my convention, said the last 10 years thereabouts, I said no, up to 15. He said yes. That the last 10, 15 years, we have preached the gospel wrongly. We have enticed people with, with material sweetness, material good. And people have now thought that's what Christianity is about. He was looking for money. young man hustling, dropped out of school, looking for money and all of that. Someone asked him, if you want to make money, go to that church. And He came. And when he heard words spoken from the pulpit, he was motivated. And in a short while, he began to do well because he was motivated. But we look back, the man didn't come to church to meet Christ. He didn't come there to repent. He found exactly what he was looking for. But of course, that's the way it is. God has tied some things together. It was, he gave them meat after they had lost and did what? sent leanness into their souls. After a while, he backslid began to deny God. He, he backslid and began to deny the Lord. Why? We began to offer the gospel as a shortcut to prosperity. When it isn't. It isn't. It is not a shortcut to prosperity at all. God led Jacob to the house of Laban to go and suffer. You know the they call suffering? Why? The way he was, God said... You have faith. Can I use that expression? There's faith. Because you must understand Jacob. And I'm just going to say this, this to you. All of us were born and bred in different manners. And God likes it like that. Some people were born by mafia don fathers. They've seen their father kill people. In the time they were ten, they've learned how to not let their anger show. But they are mean. Why wouldn't be mean? Your father is a mafia dumb. See, they know they're born righteous people for their house. Who will be their father? <laughs> you know the truth? God really doesn't care. So we are born in a very holy house. That holiness is of the flesh. God is also not interested. You don't raise your voice because you don't raise your voice. That's just the issue. You know, you never heard voices raised. I have a friend that, till today, is about my age, till today, he can't shout. Because in their house when they were young, nobody shouts. If you shouted and his father finds you. (laughs) So he grew up not shouting. It is not humility. It is inability. (laughs) (laughs) It's the kind of person that has to buy a shouting machine when he wants to shout. Press the... (laughs) But if you come from a polygamous home, your papa gets four wives. Your mother is number three. And you are the second of your mother's children. You are six in the line, the whole family. From that, you were two. You've learned how to fight for everything. Yes. You are contentious by nature. You know, they call naughty by nature. Yes. Because in that family, if you don't know how to fight, you will die of hunger. They will save your food, your half brother will eat it. And then you go and tell your father who is not even sure which one of them is your mother. You look at it, Tommy, no That's how your mother would say, say, Who who's your mother again? Daddy, who's my mother? Sikira Listen, but by, by the time you are a teenager, eh, you are rough. You're not wicked. That's the only way to survive. So you come to class. Somebody sitting on your chair. The way you will kick him off. "Ah, The teacher is wondering, like, even that one says, like, ah, I just sat on your chair. If you come there again, whoa. (laughs) If you, ah, I am wondering. I sat on your. See, it's not your fault. All your life you have fought for everything. And then God, and you now give your life to Christ. For your information, giving your life to Christ does not change such things overnight. It does not. If anybody says it was changed overnight, you already had some teachings before. He has some suppressed teachings that now arose and took charge of him. A natural person forgets. doesn't change overnight. The seed of God is planted in him. Go and read your Bible. Paul said concerning Simon the sorcerer, he said you are still in the gall of bitterness and the bondage of iniquity. A man that had been baptized. So God takes us from wherever we are. You know there are are girls born by harlot mothers in a harlot house. They are discussing virginity. You didn't smoke? Do you get my point? What are you talking about? I read the story of one woman. Since the time she was five, she was being sexually molested. Why? Her mother is drunk all the time. Bringing men to the house. She falls asleep. She's a drug addict. She got pregnant at the age of 14. And her grandmother, that was taking care of her, at the point in time pointed out to her that, listen, you are big enough to earn money to take care of this baby that you just gave birth to. And she was like, how do I earn money? Her friends said, what is it? You know, Let's show you now. They introduced her to prostitution and she saw nothing wrong with it. You know why? He said, this is what these men have been collecting from her free. All these years. So, time for them to pay for it. So, it was not a big deal. You're now preaching the uh, holiness of Mary to her. She doesn't know what you're talking about. She has never seen life from that angle. I read this lady's story in BBC. Don't think I went to re- read a religious book. It BB- was a BBC focused issue because they were telling her testimony. They didn't call it testimony. But when I saw, I said, no, Christ got involved somewhere along the line. They, oh, if you see the transformation in her life, the day she gave her life to, well, they didn't say it like that. The day she changed, let me just say the story, the story was a secular magazine, you understand, news, news article. The day she changed, what happened to her? A man, one of her customers picked her up. And they had a disagreement in the car, I don't know. So that man got angry, opened the door and threw her out and closed the door. Now, when he did that, he did not know he trapped her dress and he drove off. He didn't know. So he dragged her on, you know what they call quota For what we call four streets. You know, from one junction. The fourth junction he crossed with that woman struggling, her skin peeling. Before she managed, finally managed to get the cloth free. And the man drove away. Nothing. He didn't. Does he care? She's a harlot. So she found her way to hospital. And of course, when the hospital people saw the emergency room, when they saw what happened, they called the police. Because this was a serious matter. They were going to take care of her, but they called the police first. So when the policeman arrived, he recognized her and told the nurse, that, oh, oh, I shall only. The nurse lost interest. So the nurse and the policeman did the gist. She was lying down there in pain. Nobody talked to her again. She looked and said, What kind of life is this? And she said, God, if you are there, help me these people don't care about me. And she said, and God heard and acted fast. It was inside the BBC report like that. Because next morning, one doctor reported for duty, came to her, saw her case, attended to her very well, and said, you need help. And gave her a small note and an address. Go there. They will help you. See, that was when her life changed. She had never, this, I read her story. She had never seen what you call righteous living. She didn't know what it was. Let me tell you the truth. Do you know God takes such people also? Yes. Oh, all of them are accepted. <laughs> Every single one is accepted. There's only one thing, he doesn't leave you like that. So you saw a man called Jacob. I said, what's your name? I said it's a planter. Say, I know. Now I'm going to unsupplant you. I will remove some suppl- supplanting from your life. Who would do it for me? As yes, one of my guys. Not a nice guy, but I use him. It's your relatives, your uncle. So I will send you to his house. By the time Laban is done with you, you will hate dishonesty. Ten times, Laban changed his wages. See, let me say something to you. You know the truth? God deliberately did not defend Jacob the ten times. You Knew what he was doing. When they brought Leah, you know, God could have cleared the Gogoro from his eyes. He said, Wake up, wake up. You know, Gogoro is terrible. That also happened. Let me just warn you, your wedding night, don't drink. Oh. I, know, I know what I'm telling you now because Express has told us these things. That's how they were giving him Tombo, the guy they drink. <laughs> they were dancing. <laughs> the were was drinking, drinking. Right? <laughs> By the time they brought the wife, the guy was hey, saying, your wife? Your wife not like, like this. And by a girl, you have lived in the house for seven years. You can't recognize. Even if you are in pitch darkness, you can't recognize. What is it? Um, seven years. Oh, go go the problem. The guy, you know, that's why they say the man was stoned. The guy was out. When he woke up in the morning, he woke up. Ah! He went to Leban. What did you do? Leban said, ah! they didn't tell you. Ah, But I sent uh, this boy to go and tell you that. They didn't tell you, oh, you were in the field. No, we had the meeting of the elders. When? About two hours before the wedding. (laughs) Jacob, look, two hours. Apostle, wedding with breakfast for seven years. But they were supposed to They didn't tell you. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know there are some stories that you look like. Should I harvest your head? Person <laughs> <laughs> you bash your expensive lights. Tell your oh, guy I'm very sorry. You're like, eh, hey, am I supposed to go to spare pass market and prostrate there? And I say, Oh God, I'm very, very sorry. Okay, there's no problem. You are very sorry, right? bring the sorry. More go market. When you get there, prostrate for the past dealer. Then it But if now we go prostrate for light, and not agree. You, you monetize that story. No, keep standing straight, keep standing straight. Just <laughs> The Lord is good. The Lord was there. You saw the afflictions of Jacob. The Lord was there. That's the point I'm making. He saw his afflictions. A time came, he said, now, let me begin to bless you. You must understand, there was no foreign God with him. There were times they stole the goods of Laban. And God could have prevented the theft. He did not. So let me see what Jacob will do. Through instruction, through training, Jacob had lent. Replace it. He bought the cost. Later, ah, so Levon was there making noise. If you give Jacob one thousand sheep, is it sheep or sheep? Okay, singular is sheep, plural is cheap. So, (laughs) let's use the one that there's no confusion. If you give Jacob one thousand goats he will return 1,000, in fact, 1,050, because 50 go born. You understand? Ah, and Laban was so impressed, he didn't know that some of that was coming from Jacob's pocket. It was God training Jacob. 14 years to pay for his two wives. Then six years, laboring, laboring, until one time, you see, you must understand, there are many things that are not overtly stated in Scripture, if you read closely, you will see them hidden there. A time came God was the one that told him it was time to go back home. When it was time to prosper, him, he told him what to do. Now, this same God could have said that years before. That's the point I'm making. But he refused. Why? He led him about. He led him about. There was no foreign God with him. Christians must understand. What was he doing? He was purifying Jacob. It was purifying Jacob. The afflictions of Jacob were were necessary for the purification of Jacob that he might receive the inheritance. Isaac didn't have to go through that because it wasn't necessary. Let me see something here. There's something that God has kept inside each individual. And there are two things, actually, two different ways of looking at it. Number one, there's an image that he has to, you know, you've heard this illustration before that You see a block of wood, a sculptor. What is seen is an angel, according to him, that needs to be freed. So it's a block of wood. It's a block of rock. And that's the way it is. You see that young woman I described? What God sees in that mess, he looks in the midst of that portal, like we say, and he sees an angel that needs to be freed. So those of us who don't have eyes, we see the mess all around her life. But God is not seeing that. He said, if we can just clean this out, get me water, according to God's, that some people are so dirty, when God wanted to save them, he wore gloves. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't need gloves. God put, dipped his hand in there with the blood of Jesus, soaked her, soaked her in the blood. She came out clean. He looked good. This area is not the way it's supposed to be. Give me a hammer and chisel. go. Go, go, cheese off that piece of wood. That portion of rock. The angel is manifesting bit by bit. The point is the chiseling process. Whether it's figurative or literal, is not sweet. Each time they cheated Laban, he learned something about unrighteousness and why he must not... That's Laban. Jacob each time Laban cheated Jacob, he learned something about righteousness. He learned it. Each time. What am I saying? God is processing us. And that's how we must react. That's how we must react. See, I want to say it again. The devil is not part of your life. Stop magnifying him. Stop deifying him. Ascribe greatness to our Lord. He's the rock. Now, why would now, See, you must understand something about scriptures. If God always appeared good, he will never say God is good. I don't know whether you're getting my point. When he said, ascribe greatness to our Lord, he's the rock, his way is perfect. And I add this again. His word is perfect and all his ways are just. You know why? Sometimes they don't look just. Sometimes they don't look just. They don't look right. That's why he has to tell you. All his ways are just. Why does he say God is good? Because sometimes he doesn't feel like that. You have to accept it by faith. That God is good has to be accepted by faith because our experiences do, do not always tell us that. It doesn't mean it is the devil. You think it's everything that God does that we understand? Of course not. Why do we just ascribe it to the devil just because we don't understand it? In my life, I don't know when last I blamed the devil for anything. I can't remember. And that's the problem. Many times Christians are rebuking the devil, rebuking the devil, rebuking the devil. Instead of asking God what is going on. Uh, didn't you see what he said there? That's the chapter I mean 32. Go back there. He said, how can one chase a thousand? How will two chase ten thousand? And in the meantime we'll say, when we are praying for the couple, before you were chasing a thousand, now you will chase two, uh, Ten thousand. Listen, it was not said in the context of blessing. It was said in the Bible in the context of judgment. Now, we can apply, I'm not saying we can't apply it, but remember how they said it. It was one enemy chasing a thousand Israelites and two enemies chasing 10,000. And they said, oh, why? You know what he said? <laughs> if you find the verse before me, just let me, t- 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 32 there. Verse 30, thank you. He said, How could one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight unless their rock had sold them and their Lord had given them up? Did you see that? So, even if the devil looks powerful, you ask yourself, God, what is going on here? Why are we being sold to the devil? The problem I've had with that, our teaching that, devil, 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 I've seen Christians rebuke him and you want to tell him, Say, bros. This rebuke no go work. Time to sit down and ask for mercy. Time to sit down like Eli who taught and say, "If I have done wrong, I will do it no more." That's it. It's time to sit down and say, "Lord, have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me." This devil have been shepherd, will rebuke. Take a country like Nigeria right now. Have people say all kinds of things? Now the devil wants to run this nation over. I said, "No, it's our sin that wants to run us over." Because, eh, apostle have to do that Mr. conference. So. Because when you see the depth of corruption in the land, if you were God, you would kill everybody. And really, he wants to do that. As judge, why he's not doing it? Why there is a, a stain of his hand is because of what they call the salt of the earth. And just by the way, Christians, eh, if they will fire you because you did not bribe, let them fire you. If they will suspend it because it's not lie, let them suspend it because what is at stake is not your job. It is that God is counting the salt of the earth. The reason why crisis will not break out in eastern Nigeria. The reason why banditry will end in the north. The reason why problem will not come in the west. You are the reason. And Satan knowing that, okay, what do we do? We'll entice them so that they will not be countable as salt anymore. I don't know whether you are getting my point. You see, that's what we need to understand. What, what is at stake It's not a job. What is at stake is, like they say, stand up and be counted. Let me put it like this. Stand still and be countable. When the Lord went into Sodom and Gomorrah, listen, when he was looking for ten righteous people, I will tell you, what was he looking for? Ten people who disagreed with everybody else and refused to do what everybody else was doing. That's what he was looking for. Ten who stood and said homosexuality is a perversion. Ten who stood and said, I don't care, a man can't marry a man. Ten who stood and said, this is injustice, this is justice. Ten who stood and said, what people are saying is not right. Even though majority agrees, it is still not right. That's what he was looking for. So how did he count the ten? I'll tell you, he'll just go to a court of justice and sit down. And you know what he's counting? He said, how many judges are here? He said, in Sodom and Gomorrah, there are 50. He will go to the courts of all 50 of them and watch them deliver judgment and push somebody to go and bribe each one. And none rejected the bribe. He made sure the cases they were trying were clear. This man is just, this one is unjust. And he told the unjust one, bribe him. And the Lord said, let's see whether he will take the bribe. He took it, he struck him off the list. We can't count this one. He went to a church. There was no churches there. I'm just going to give us an illustration now. And said, okay, how many Anglican priests do we have? And they said, there are 200. Say, said, make it a pride week. You know what they call pride week? You don't know what they call pride? LGBT pride week. <laughs> the week in which we brag about what we should be ashamed of. Yeah. And said, let us see all the pastors who want to be politically correct. Put pressure on them or put journalists in their, cl- in their congregation for the day. So the chief correspondent of Guardian will be here, or this day will be here, for CNN here, or not. So, as far well as the, and the Holy Spirit will, of course, will move the pastor, say, Tell the truth, though. shall we? He gets there. The journalists will, Money, sir! Came to cover your sermon. Oh, Barry. We have to recognize each other as equals. There must be marriage equality. The way I fell in love with my wife and married her, some men fall in love with other men. Elton John, is having a successful married life. If Paul were to write the Bible today, he wouldn't write such things. He was culturally conditioned. Amen. Let us pray. And he sees behind, there's a Muslim, there's a Hindu. So let us pray in the name of our common faith. If you did not watch the inauguration of Joe Biden, you know what I'm talking about. That was exactly what that pastor, that's how he prayed to inaugurate an American president. I don't think all of them are mad. If they prayed like that at your wedding, we used to marry. Now they are inaugurating you as a president. say so we pray in the name of our common faith. Jesus Christ, look, the Icah the has bodied. The glory has departed. He struck that pastor off the list. He said, how many pastors? He said there are 50. 200. Is it what we said? All of them, He couldn't find one to say, I don't know what's going on in the world today, but I'll give you the word of God. They call it a pride week, but I think it's a week of shame. Knowing that, of course, by next week, they will fire you from the, I mean, that's it. They're going to sack you. Some priests in Germany have gathered together, and they've dead the pope that they are going to bless same-sex marriage whether the church likes it or not. And I'm I'm waiting to see what the Pope will do. Because if the Pope does does nothing, God will write it against the church, the Catholic church. He will. He will. It's temptation. The Lord has stirred them up to try him. It was in the news last week. They said they don't understand what the Pope is saying. They've all gathered them, some bishops, that we will bless same sex marriage whether you like it or not. No, Americans still have some hope. Because last week, they were still debating whether Joe Biden, that is, they were telling Joe Biden not to come to church, that he can't take communion. Yeah, The, 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 the bishop was wondering, okay, don't come here. If you come here, we'll embarrass you, will not save you communion. You're a bad Catholic. Like one priest said, he said it's because he says he's a Catholic. That's what I'm talking. If he wasn't a Catholic, I won't say anything. He said everything he believes is against everything the church believes. I he said he's a Catholic. He said, if he comes near here, I'm not giving him communion. Let it go on record. I will not give you. You are hereby decommunionized. <laughs> I said, This are listen, you'll be surprised. These are the people that God takes as ten righteous people. It's not those who are praying in the morning. Hey, God, we pray, we pray. For, no! Just refuse to agree with what is wrong. Even when you are tempted, when when you are, you know, when you are persecuted, when it's likely they will, you know, cancel, you know what they call cancel culture. If you tell the truth now, Instagram will close your account. Don't worry. Don't worry. One day you see they won't they won't let us stream on on, on Facebook again. Because somebody will just say, Pastor Banky preaches against LGBT rights. And they will listen to it once. And they'll say, No. And you know what? That day, you know what Jesus said? Blessed are you when you are persecuted. I'm waiting for it. You know, and like Pastor Devan said, that means I don't make him. <laughs> because you know what happened to him? He went to London. He finished preaching while I was preaching like this. Next day, police arrested him. They invited him for questioning. He said he was very happy. He was hoping they would lock him up. He said, because I will sell a lot of CDs. <laughs> you know, he, he said he was... Police, they invited him for questioning. He was invited for questioning. For preaching the word of God. When it, oh, you know, there are persecutions you did not know will happen in your generation they have started. That one guaranteed. <laughs> if Joe Biden completes four years and somebody like him takes under four years, I can assure you, in a short while, most people preachers will be taking off Facebook. They'll be taking off YouTube. People like me will be removed from Facebook and YouTube. For sure. I don't have a shadow of doubt about it. They're not doing it now because who knows Pastor Banke? Let any of the big American preachers preach the way I'm preaching. They will not stream him on those platforms. So when the Lord goes counting, that's the point I'm making. You must understand what is counting at Things like that. Those who sit sit in their office and don't demand gratification before they do their work. That's all he's checking. He's not there checking, who are those who fast seven times a day? No. It's just simple. The society has gone, like they say to the dogs, who are those who say no, will not follow them into the rot. That's all he's just asking. So believers, bear that in mind. I think sometimes <coughs> the other day something happened. Although it was a mistake, I was bringing the kids to school in the morning. I got to a traffic light. People were going past me. Few, phew, few. Phew, Later, ah! I think there was a traffic warning there that was causing the confusion actually, because the traffic light was there. He said red, so I stopped. The guy behind me began to oh, move. Now I had like five children with me who I'm teaching righteousness, and he said, "I should move. You're not serious." So I told them. I told the kids with me, I said, the Bible says, don't join the multitude to do evil. As all of them are beating the traffic light, we will not. We have 50 seconds to go, we are staying here. You think I didn't feel like going? I said, this one, no, we won't do it. And sometimes in my life, that's I reason. I said, let it be that some things we did not do, sir. What is it? (laughs) Do you get my point? Everybody is doing bad. Just say, okay, I didn't do bad. What, just for personal pride. We're not using to look for anything from God. Just personal pride. So I became a governor. I came back and I was broke. Huh? You know, I, we, we, we must learn things to take pride in. You see, I'm now a senator of the Federal Republic. And you swear before your brethren that every cowboy you were paid except it was expressly labelled as your personal income, you will not touch it. It will only go for, if they say it's constituency project, you will set up a local panel on the constituency project you will do in your constituency. Set up scholarships scheme, whatever it is. If the money at the end of four years happens to be a 200 million naira, make sure not one kobo ended up in your pocket. You know, a friend of mine said something to me, was it yesterday? I was telling my wife, I said, this life is for you. He said I wanted to exp- extend his business and all of that, all right? And he said something. He said, "Banki, sometimes like I even wonder what I'm doing all of this for. We're about the same age. He said, after all, my two children have told me they will not live in Nigeria. I don't know whether you're getting my point. He said, so what's all of this about, self? Now, what I'm saying is that, listen, all the money we are accumulating. I've already reached a generation that I begin to discover that it doesn't make any sense. There are things Christians just take pride in. I was a senator for four years. If you want the details, I will publish it. One naira didn't enter my pocket, even though it was remitted to my account. But they said, constituency project, it went there. When we did oversight function, I did not take a dime from any head of any parastatal. Listen, in Nigeria of today, you know that's our major problem. Most of our senators are criminals. Criminals that should die and go to hell fire in a, in a hurry. People who don't care about progress. They hate things. Listen. Let me not mention names. And it's not just them. Doctors heading institutions, small small people heading departments are so crooked. When you hear their crookedness, your skin will crawl. God will arise and judge, because this nation can't move forward with this people on, on the city. It's not possible. God will arise and slaughter. He will arise and destroy. Arise, O oh Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. We are surrounded by evil. The habitations of the earth are filled with the. No, it's the dark places of the earth are filled with the habitations of cruelty. It's true in Nigeria. Boko Haram is not our problem. When is corruption Nigeria's problem? It is not actually it's godlessness, but it's number one manifestation. The people are evil. And I can tell you this, I don't have a doubt, a shadow of doubt about it in my heart. All this full and banditry is the spiritual reaction to the corruption in the hearts of the people. Listen, that's what gives the bandits the boldness to ask for 800 million naira. They know you will get it. We are surrounded by thieves, barawas on every side, unyoshis. And if you're a pastor, you know, some pastors are going to die next week. You know why? Yeah, 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 they have to. One guy said he went for, you know, they called and said, pastors, they're four one-night boys. Internet fraudsters will come. say the, the woman doesn't want to pay again. You know, they hold their hands in the name of Jesus. She, I'm telling you. You don't know what's going on. I just came back from, from my convention last week. Last the last other day I was not here. When i talking to the students, me and Pastor Courage. <laughs> In fact, they didn't call me. I, I jumped over myself. I said, Pastor, give me that microphone. So he gave me one, he held one. I said, Any student here. They said, Pastor is not student, all of us, even the adults. I said, Ah, Agbaya, all of you. Do you was not laughter. I said, including the Agbayas. There one. you know what they call Agbaya? Go and find out, it's his spiritual language. <laughs> Literally, it means useless old man. So you remember terminology. It's an insult. You call somebody a like buyer. That means that look at you. As old as you are, you're so stupid. Look at the way you're behaving. So I said, anybody here? I I was going to pray for the students. But I said, I said, if you have a betting app on your phone, it will die. Pastor you can't do it. He said, amen, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> this is of was praying that day if you, if I hear bet Niger, Niger Bet, Bed King, Queen, Bet, you know, or God whatever be the kind of bet you have on your phone, that phone will that app will kill your phone in Jesus' name. Yeah. Say amen now. Amen. Yeah. If your neighbor, so you sure you can say the amen, has a betting app on his or her phone, because nobody only men they do this kind of thing these days. Old. If your neighbor has a betting app, his phone will die. Amen. Her phone will die. Amen. You have one hour after I finish preaching to uninstall it. And in case you want money, give it to the beggars on the street. Don't bring it to church. If you give to Kingdom World Ministries, God punish you. You bet. I don't want you to bring for us an offering of halotry. It's called the wages of a halot. Okay, here nonsense. Young people have been confused. The old people have confused the young. Who? Let me get back to my message. I know where I went to all of that from. God is just, when he's counting righteous people, you know what he's just counting? People who just didn't do it. Men, women, Christians who refuse to bet. They put in an office. They're talking about being... Be, being proud of some things. Instead of seeing my house, no. If my son couldn't build the house, no. that is, I'm your senator. I will gather all the egos. Send me one representative of righteousness. I don't want somebody who's righteous. I put them in a the committee. Scholarship for people from here. Look at the money they are giving us in Abuja. I'm not planning to eat it. I'm paying for who we'll set up scholarships. It says constituency projects. We will build town halls everywhere. Event centers in every, you know, town, all over the place. And we will put in an account. I will be a signature so that nobody can thief money behind my back. But I will not be the only one. So everybody, all the people, they want to control the money. When you have finished everything, let me see what you guys agreed on. And I sign. All your contractors must be local contractors. Empower people. You don't need the money. You don't. They didn't give it to you. Are you a thief? For information, whether you are driving a Bentley or you are driving a Corolla, you are getting to the same place. He said, this one is more comfortable. It's not true. It depends on where you are coming from. If you are coming from a motorcycle, that Corolla is very good. Though. Today, one day, we got to Lagos. Our friend they picked us from the airport with a Rolls Royce. You know, my wife didn't have a good look at the car. We entered the car. The car was just big and everything We entered the car. He said, what is this? He said, what kind of car is this? I said, sweetheart, it's called a rose rose. She now asked a question, which is very, very spiritual. He says, So, what is special? Okay. I said, This guy, you want to spoil this ride? Right? <laughs> I said, It's a rose rose. Just sit down. Just enjoy it. It's a rose rose. You are sitting at the back. Just, just relax. Just relax there. Just, you know, it was very fun. When we got to where we were going, Later I heard somebody say, hmm, this Lagos pastors. He said, No, I'm not in Lagos pastor, number one, I'm from Enugu. Number two. Alas it was borrowed. <laughs> <laughs> my care optima was waiting for me at the airport when we came back. <laughs> <not> the Lord is good. Now where I'm going all of this, so we don't need look, listen, listen, comfort is in the soul. Are you getting my point? It's not what is outside. 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 There are times Christians who just say, no, I didn't join them. I was a director of this company, maybe a government parastatal, for four years, according to my tenure. And no, I remember the day Pato told me said it. He said, I can stand in the we said he told somebody in America, I can stand on the top of the Empire State Building. And dare anybody to speak up, whoever gave me a dollar, in bribe. And he held political office in Nigeria. That's the kind of thing God is looking for. It's not testimony of look at my new car. No. I did four years in that office. Brethren, the only thing I got, at, and that is, there are times, they even don't, I didn't even let like contractors dash me gifts. I did the American system. Every gift went into a central pool, which all the staff knew about, and we used for Christmas party at the end of the year, and shared to everybody. Nobody could induce me. What am I going to say? That's what God is counting. When he's counting 10 righteous people. He's not counting 10 people that are baptized. So Christians, beware. That's what I'm saying. When you are living your life, it's not just for you. God is counting. God is counting. He's counting. He just wants people that he can say, this person is my own. Represented me well or represents me well. What am I saying? So that's what God is doing. He's taking people that he took out of the dirt. He's chiseling them. He's trying to achieve, I said two things. One, the perfect image of Christ Jesus. That's the first thing. And secondly, to release the gift of God. That's less important for our discussion now, all right? But I just wanted to mention it for completeness sake. To release the gift of God that he has kept inside each individual. But let's stick on the, with the first one. He's trying to, and listen, when he's carving. He uses adversity. Listen to me. Before you run away from adversity, Jacob knew the way home, he didn't leave Leban's house. Because he couldn't leave until the time was ripe. A woman called one day on a reindeer. And I said, This world is really upside down. Please, all those of you, I want to preach another message. Let me stop there for a moment. All those of you that God called to ministry, come out! In Jesus' name, amen. I don't mean you come to the front now. Go and start doing the ministry. People are in darkness. The amount of things they don't know is amazing. You know, there are things you don't know. You just, uh, you know, there are things you are thinking, but you are ashamed, so you won't say it. Some people don't even know that what they are thinking is bad. The woman called and said, what she should she do now? About what? The husband said things be to be better, they have not been better for a long time. Should she still stay in the house? <laughs> you know, there are some things you hear, you are wondering, Madam, did you just call me? <laughs> you know, you're just wondering. So, where are you planning to go? Eh, that they have been suffering, the man doesn't have money again. Blah, blah, blah. Ah! You know, I had to calm myself down say, There are a lot of ignoramuses. The Bible says that he's patient with the ignorant and the. Which is scripture again? There's very patient with the ignorant. So I had to drink the spirit of Jesus that morning. Because left of me. I said, they go now. They go now. Truck jam you for there. You know that? <laughs> God forgive me. <laughs> that was the kind of thing I was thinking. Because how can you call on air? Your husband can recognize your voice. <laughs> ah! Is it hard? Your husband can. Are you say, say hey, what did you should do? It'll be your husband when I get home that day. <laughs> I will have packs for you. They go. I just think that people don't know anything. She, because she asks sincerely that what should she do? That she has been waiting all this while in my mind. Yeah. Things are rough for your husband. They cut your hand. You can't even get up and help the man out. That's what I Ah, no, we need more preachers. If somebody said there are too many churches, one yourself, oh. we don't have enough churches, oh. churches are too few. There are many shops, you know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, David Elijah itself is a pastor, too, you know. <laughs> is a pastor, you know. There are so many, you know. There's something I do. Let me just teach you now, apostle, so you can learn it too. When I see a poster and I see David Elijah, I check the other people who are there, so I know all the fake pastors in town. <laughs> Because uh, best of the same feather or aves of congruent plumage, they congregate in the same vicinity. Exactly. So, if I see a poster or like six pastors and I see my guy there, I check the other faces, congregation of falsehood. I map all of them. So, when I now see your own face at another place, I used to map the other six people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there are a lot of jokers in town. Oh, by the way, I like Odumejew. It's clear. A guy is clear. He has Kadus Kabash. He doesn't have Holy Spirit. I mean, think about it. Kadus, he can do that. He has all those ones. And these are the ones he has not yet used. I, I like my guy. He's, a, he's not a faith prophet. He's a, he's a nice guy. He's an entertainer. Yeah. The guy can jam. And the guy is strong, man. He'll body slam you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking about real churches where they are preaching the righteousness of Christ. There are very few. Yeah. And those of you who are waiting to make money first before you start, please, I beg you. Better get out there. Thank God for the Roman Road. Go online. Start a blog. Start a YouTube channel. Just God will draw your own congregation to you. That's the point I'm not going to make. The point I'm making, all right, is this. So God is doing something in our lives. We have to know that when we are responding to situations. Why did I use that woman as an example at that, that time? She, said, she thought that life is supposed to be sweet, sweet, sweet. So her husband is passing through a rough patch, and that rough patch is lasting maybe two years, three years, and her own solution is that, Pastor, should I pack and go? Go where now? Go and wait for another husband, who your spirit will make poor again in that other two years. You know, some people, they are spirits. Spirits that are waste and destroy. God kept you there for you to learn righteousness. Let me assume she wasn't born again, but if she was born again, she needed to learn some truths. God is telling you, wake up, my girl. You are not another God to be worshipped in this house. There's only one God in this household, and that is me. You get up and be a helpmate to somebody. Come on, daughter of Zion, put up your strength. What, put on your strength. What's going on? He wanted to teach her that. But she, she's asking whether she should park and go. We should understand what God is doing in our lives. That's what I need to make. He's trying to fashion us into something. And he uses, listen, there is no foreign God in our lives. I have not blamed the devil for anything in this my life that I can remember. That is my adult life. And don't think I've not had troubles. There are times I will sit down and say, God, why are you doing this to me? Go and read my book, uh, what do you call it? Grace uh, can be yours. I put the story at the end. I sat at the time and I cried. And I said, God, why are you doing this to me? It didn't cross my mind to mention the devil. Am I your child? Am I your friend? Who gave you power in my life? It is not wrong what Job said. Even though he slays me, yet I will trust him. He wasn't speaking out of ignorance. He knew what he was saying. But because we think that all God is doing is good, 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 good. Little adversity. Devil, devil now came. Devil now came. We are unsettled. We say our faith is not working. Let me tell you, your faith is not trying to produce money for you. It's not trying to produce food. One primary thing your faith is producing is Christ-likeness. So in the midst of your adversity, your faith is working. In the midst of your pain, your faith is working. In the midst of your delays, your faith is working. Your faith is working an eternal weight of glory, Amen. not a temporal weight of satisfaction. Ah. It's an eternal weight of glory that your faith is working concerning. Let's understand that. Let's understand it. Because if we understand this, listen, the way we react to situations will differ. People have preached. I mean, I was there. People said that, no, God does, listen, God does not afflict his children. Listen to me. He does. I am not saying he enjoys doing it. I am not saying you should sit in the midst of the affliction. That's not what I'm saying. You must understand me. What I'm saying is there is trouble, go and learn your lessons. If there is affliction, go and learn your lessons. If there is health challenge, you pray about it. it is not going. Let's say, God, please, what is going on? Like an negi who said, they say, I know I'm not making the connection. What is going on here? Sometimes you are corrected. Sometimes you are told there is unforgiveness in your heart. Because you must understand, what Jesus is doing is purifying the bride for himself. The righteousness of Jesus has to be worked out in reality. The white robes of the saints is righteousness. It's a robe of righteousness. It's not righteousness imputed. It's righteousness worked out. Sometimes you are praying for money, you are praying for three years. God said, you know what? I won't give you a dime until you stop asking for money. You say, why? Because you think too much about money. And I want you to understand, man does not live by what? By bread alone. I need you to understand that. Man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You are still so fixated on this money. I'm convinced true believers, God doesn't give you money until He has proven to you you don't need it. He will tell you manage, you know. Ability to manage is a gift of God. It's a skill of the spirit. So sometimes you said I need a hundred thousand. Uh, God I say, Okay, I'm sending you fifteen thousand. I wanted to get the results of one hundred thousand. Yeah. Say I wanted to get the result of a hundred thousand uh, with fifteen thousand. He how will I do He said, go and pray now. You don't know God wants you to know how to pray? Yes, God wants you to know how to pray. So sometimes he deliberately puts you in a corner where nobody else can help you but only him. If Israel did not get to the edge of the Red Sea with the Egyptian soldiers on one side, Moses would not know there is a power to split water in that staff in his hands. There are many secret things inside your heart. God has to bring them out with difficulty. So it's not even just been whining high. Ah, what's going on? what's going to go say hey wait wait go and pray. Go and pray. What is working our lives? And that's the faith I'm talking about. When you understand this, your reaction to circumstances is different. like one of our brothers, you no, know, he gave a testimony when in Benin. He's one of our teachers as our Bible study we're in the same Bible study group. So I don't teach, you know, I just sit down in that group. So he gave a testimony. He's working abroad. When I say abroad, I don't mean Europe. I mean in Africa. Working in Uganda. So they, did, they, they didn't pay him money. Now, this is what I was saying. This will interest you. So he got angry and everything. He said, he's living. So he went to pray. And God said to him, that's what he said. I thought he said, you don't pursue money. No, I don't pursue money. He said, so why are you leaving? So he went back to work. <laughs> And he said, they have not paid me till now, but I can't leave. Oh, yes. He said, the lesson for him was that, maybe you said it is important that you don't live your life in pursuit of money. He said, in that case, are you hungry? No. You have food to eat? Yes. The money they're supposed to pay, they're just not paying you. He said, yes. So said, you will sit down here and do the work I sent you here to do, whether they pay or not. So now I brought it down. So when we say things like, try me, O oh Lord, I know my heart. That prayer is not a joking prayer. Can come out in, your, in the morning and your car has disappeared, or they have—I'm <laughs> telling you— or they have vandalized it thoroughly, or even catches fire when you are there. I said the devil is not the devil; it's one angel. You know, I know angels. They—they they, they like things like that. They will just smoke the rest of the thing, throw it inside your motor. Boom! You go see—they go to smile. So let's help this child of God grow. You know why? Your pride was in that car. You never go home without it. You never go to your, to your wife's place without it. Your wife's people's place, you don't. So God said, he said, you have to take pride in serious things. Look at the metal, that's your pride. So he told one angel, burn it. He will smoke it. And he said, you know, God can be harsh. You know, he, he killed Aaron's sons and told him not to mourn them. How hard do you beat a child and say the child shouldn't cry? The commandment of Aaron was not supposed to mourn. Sometimes he will collect your motor. and like say, If I hear when, pry your mouth. I'll collect your shoe. If I hear win, your slippers. If I hear under win, your socks. If you see doing your toe will jam. So just start giving thanks. So as the guy is born, he just You are worthy to be glorified. You are worthy Jehovah. You I heard the Lord say good, the boy is learning. Say, "Now give me another one I lie. Trek it for two years. another no, no, one be that. We trek until you are happy until you have all the KK numbers on your phone. <laughs> by the time, it, listen, he will bring another kind, a of better one. But by the time it is coming. It won't excite you. Yeah, yeah that, That's what he wants to do. By the time it's coming, to you it's not a big deal. It's just, okay, we'll become more, to you just, we are more efficient now. Listen, oh God. He's working now. If you know what he's trying to produce, he wants to produce people. You know, one of our sisters, eh, many of us here, you know her, if I mention her name afterwards. She works for a, a, one of these government agencies. When they went, when they went to resume, hmm? Their boss decided that they needed military training, so he went and dropped them in NDA. Did you hear what I said? I saw her this at our last convention. God, I was asking my wife, where is this young woman? I've not seen her in a long time. My wife, we don't, you know, person just disappear. There's no obituary in the newspapers. Yes, we can't find you. There's no pre- Do you understand? If it's Facebook, you don't did there. It was up status. Last seen, eight months ago. I asked my wife, where is she? It was like, then one day, she managed, I don't know whether they gave them pass to go out, she put on phone. Please, oh, <laughs> I did Nigeria Defense Academy. She <laughs> so when they got there, they first collected their phone. Now, this is where I'm going. You see what God does to people. She so said, those soldiers wouldn't they take their IC. They will make you stand like this for six hours. That if you sheep, they will slap you. She so said, they will abuse your mother in front of you. If you get angry, they slap you. I said, what are they doing? He said, they want you to become insensitive to pain. To things. So that you don't react. And that's why when you see soldiers, they behave differently. Soldier. Yeah, if you cock gun, soldier knows, those like, eh, you are cocking something. You know, you know, if normal person, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> If soldier is going to react, it's a tactical reaction. He dies for cover. He hits the ground and rolls. You understand? They've been taught those things. For normal people, they run like they, they shoot for back. <laughs> when she describes what in their eyes, I say, My God, military training, you know, the thing is spiritual. Paul said to Timothy, Endure hardship as a true soldier of Christ. Those guys, they don't make it, they, they teach you hardship, they make life hard for you. How can you tell a human? Being? I was one that I went to ask said, Have you stood in the sun before? He said, six hours. What are they doing? They are making you impervious to pain. They are making you impervious to troubles in this life. And I'm saying that to you this evening. It's part of what God is doing. Listen, many of us, when we say mission feed, we are afraid. Why? We are used to comfort. That's why he said, you know, he caught them with his wings. Literally, he threw them out of their comfortableness. Sometimes when God throws you out of your comfortableness as you are falling, you will be shouting and shouting. That's making you hungry. Then he will feed you with manna. Pick you up again until you learn to fly. You know, he did that to Paul. At the point in time, Paul said, I am, oh God, there's one translation, a waste translation. He said, I have become independent of circumstances. Let me explain to you. They gave Paul money, goods, everything. He said, I didn't feel any better for myself when I saw those things that Epaphroditus brought, he said, I only felt good for you because I know by rekindling your love for me, God will bless you for this thing you have done. He said, as for me, whether I have little, whether I have little, I have abundance. He said, life is the same. I have learned to live independent of circumstances. Listen, Satan loses a grip in our lives when we get to that particular level. We can't be threatened. Just by the way, these are the people that God is using to change nations, so. You know, when you hear Christians say "Why, I don't know what's going on in this country. There's no constant power." Just know you are not ready to be used by God. I'll say the way it is: if you are one of those that complain, I don't know what Buhari is doing. You are not a useful servant of God. If you are one of those that complain, power is not even constant in this country. If you go to Ghana here, power is constant. South Africa, they have they have power. Even in Egypt, do you know that Nigeria is even worse than Libya? With all the processes, you know. Just know that you are losing your anointing every time you open your mouth. Anointing no to succeed, you are losing it. Anointing no to transform nations, you are losing it. Anointing no to grow, you know, to go forward in your destiny, you are losing it. Each moment you whine. they were in our convention. One of our brothers mentioned he said something. Ah, he said, Do you enjoy today's food? I said, Yes. So what about yesterday's zone? I said it was very nice. Mm-hmm. So what about the first day zone? He said that one was not. I said, No, that one was very nice. He said, What do you mean it was nice? I said, We gave thanks for it. He said, okay. Because there was a lot of complaints. I said to him, today's zone is nice. I agree. Yesterday's zone is nice. So what about that first day? I say it was nice. He said, what do you mean? I said, but we gave thanks for it. We have given thanks. We can't see anything again. Talking about the disciplines of a soldier. People that can be used by God. That's what he's doing with your life. Oh. That's what he's doing with my life. So sometimes you will go out. Rain will beat you down to your pata. You know what I mean by it? There's rain that just on your shirt, you know, you remove your shirt, shake it like this. There's one that will penetrate. As it's, you know, as it's going down your back, you feel it passing all the grooves, all the corners. That you navigate to your waist, everything will come down into your shoes. You will now look at yourself. Ah! Then you now see your mates inside their air-conditioned cars with wipers go, Shook! 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 And they are eating in the car. And they are laughing like it's not raining. <laughs> and you look at it and I say, Why me? Why me, Lord? You just lost your anointing. Yeah, you know, God takes to that particular level where you don't notice. You just smile. Say, It's raining. Say, so When we get home, we will change. Thank God we have dry clothes at home. Thank God we have a house to go to. And we are so full of Thanksgiving. But someone will look and say, Look at my, are these people in the cars? Are they not my mate? God! Because next time they will splash pot on you. Shit today, I allowed only clean water. You did try me, eh? Tomorrow you will see. Then, well, next time you are, you are stranded, it will be 90 miles at 9 p.m. When there's coffee into in go by 10, and it will be raining. Better do the Thanksgiving now. You know God does something. Eh? Let me just drop this one for you and I close. You know Job? You know Job suffered. I hope you know there's a blessing in the suffering of Job. Yes, that's not a catch, it's a fact. There's a blessing in the suffering of Job, which every Christian must experience to get that blessing. Say, Pastor Banky, my children will die. No, not necessarily. But you will suffer a loss in your life that you must react the way Job reacted. That's the way what life is. Let's bow down our heads. That is how to connect. With the, because God gave Job to us like Christ Jesus. it's a type of Christ. We have to connect. Sometimes you are going to be slapped, you are going to be punished like Jesus was. You must react like Jesus did for the fullness of the blessing that Jesus brought forth on the cross. For the fullness of the blessing of Job to come into your life. That's the way it works. Give the Lord thanks. Just give the Lord thanks. Just say, Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Let's give the Lord thanks for the word that we have received this evening. Just bless the name of the Lord. Thank him. Thank him. We have about